Hello and a very warm welcome to This Woman's Work, a space where you can hear and read about some amazing women, the fantastic jobs they do and the paths that have led them to where they are today. I'm here today with Emily. Hi Emily. Hi, thank you for having me. Um, could you tell the, the listener what it is you do for a living? Yeah, so basically I have a family consultancy business. Um, so I work with families from all over the world, um, from anything from ranging from sleep to behaviour to maternity nursing to troubleshooting. So for an example, if you have a six-month-old that doesn't sleep through the night or is waking, you would contact me or one of the lovely girls that works for me. And we would troubleshoot with you and come up with a great plan to then you having a full night's sleep. Or it could be something to do with potty training or fussy eating or your uh, have a toddler and you're welcoming a new baby. Um, we also do a little bit of work with um, some high profile, high net worth clients where family concierge comes into play. Yeah. So we'll work with um, fully staffed households and we'll support the transitions with um, families who maybe have a new baby coming in, but they've got fully staffed and they're like oh gosh we've got so much staff here we need a new nanny but yeah we don't really know the roles and we just want everything to run super smoothly yeah um and obviously in those situations confidentiality is key so getting the right members of staff in um and it's all just kind well, of understanding the needs of their specific yeah, household exactly. because if they're high profile they're likely doing high profile work yes so that and is very niche and very specific, it is. isn't it? And it's and I think for some people, um, it's a fast-paced environment. Um, previously, before I had my business, I um, nannied. Um, so my background is I trained at um, the world-renowned Norland College, um, the nannying school. Yeah. So I've worked for families all over the world, just in the nannying world. Yeah. So that's kind of where I learnt um with about confidentiality being key working yes. for these high profile families um how they want you to work those environments they're super fast paced they're long hours um you get to travel the world I was gonna say. the families are amazing that you work for um some of the environments that i've been in are phenomenal um but again it's but a different it's a type of time it's quite hardcore yeah so there's and highs and lows isn't yeah it? exactly and i think that's why i kind of came away from the nannying world and set up my business um covid played a huge part in that which i'm sure for yes. a lot of people um with setting up their businesses I trained during COVID to become a sleep consultant and I kind of found myself going down this like wormhole of information and understanding children's sleep. And I think as a nanny, it was always a top hot topic of conversation between parents of being who was the most exhausted. Like I'm still is. Yeah. It's even now, I think. And I think And even with other mums. It's almost like a kind of competition. Mine woke up ten times last night. Mine woke up twelve. Um, so I think for me, I went and did my training with with sleep and um, I just, it opened my eyes to all of this. I've always been a great sleeper, luckily. I've yeah. always had no problem. Were well, you my, as a baby then? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I was. Um, and I think I was always a good sleeper, like throughout, I asked my mum, like always slept really well. Wow. I think from kind of like eight weeks, I was sleeping through the night. Oh, um, dream, I know, dream, dream child. Yeah. Um, so I think for me, it was understanding 
the, the how much sleep Impacts. kind of impact yeah. parents. Um, so once I qualified, I then went and did some research into newborn sleep because obviously that is very different to um, what I would say after the six-month mark. Yeah. Um, and I qualified and trained as a maternity nurse. So for people that don't know what a maternity nurse does, I will go in with parents and work with them from kind of the day the baby comes home from the hospital. I work on 24 hours, normally five, six days a week for three, four months. And I support parents in um, putting a routine into place, helping them with the nights. Um, (gasps) Lots of parents who I work with have got high-powered jobs. So, you know, lots of them can't can't take a huge amount of time off. Or, you know, dad's uh, high up in a law firm and is up on American time. And mum's like, I need to sleep. Dad needs to sleep. So then that's kind of how I come in. Um, All the families I work with are super hands-on. They just have busy lives. And I think in this day and age... um, it's just just to have that extra support, it benefits everybody. And you know what? I think well it's I guess it's sort of an element of being being able to afford support is one thing. But yeah. I think even so, there oh, I mean we're, we're jumping ahead here, but there's I think there's still such a stigma in asking for support. Yeah. I felt that yeah. as a mum. Like the the responsibility of a mum to you should just be able to do yeah. this. You should be able to cope with all of this. You shouldn't, you know, asking, yeah. even from family, yeah. asking for help, you know, just felt like a, a failure to me. It it's, really it's felt like to me. It's such a common feeling. And I think that definitely is, that is, uh, you know, and I think this chat right now is about you and your career, but I yeah. would love to have another chat about yeah, that course. for kind of working yeah. mums and that kind of thing. No, because of course. I think the stigma around yeah, it is awful. And I think, yeah. yeah. I think that's a whole and other thing. And postnatal depression um, is spoken about now. I don't think it's still spoken about enough. Oh, God, no. Um, it has little flurries, but then they quickly dissipate, yeah, don't they? Yeah, and I think mental health is a massive thing. And, you know, I work with children and I adore what I do. And, you know, I have the sleepless nights. Um, but I think for parents that aren't used to it... You know, some of the people I work for, they're in their 40s and this is their first baby, so they're 45, you know... they All they know is being on their own. All they know is some single parents, you know, yeah. I've worked with some single mothers, single fathers, um, and I think the shock to them is is quite a lot of, like, you cannot... Once you have a baby, you cannot give a baby back. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, you know, it's the most amazing thing, pop but I'm sure when you had yours, you just... Sometimes you're just like, I just need to tap out for five. Like, I need to wee, I need to have a shower, I need to have a ten-minute nap. And, you know, if you have a colicky baby that's just screaming all night long, it hits parents really hard. And I think even for somebody who is, what you would say, is really qualified, I would 100% have help. Because actually, at the end of the day, a well-rested parent is a far better parent than an exhausted one that's trying to do everything on their own and not asking for help. And actually, the child benefits more if you are, you know, ready to go for the day and you've had a good amount of rest or you are able to take them out for a walk or to take them wherever you want to take them for the day. And I think, like you say, there are sometimes families where grandparents or other members who maybe, like you say, can't afford the help. There's an element of maybe jealousy. So then that impacts 
you know, new mum who's just had a baby and sister-in-law's what I did it with four and all of that. I know, I know. So I think it would be... And even mums. So, like, mums of mum, you know... So when they're sat having their coffee and cake. Yeah, and they're like, you know, well, I did it like this. And, you know, mum's judgement of their daughters, I think, is a real thing as well. A hundred percent. And also, so much has changed with research and understanding about what children need. I mean, like, when my nan was raising hers... Like, the way to get rid rid of a fever was to sweat it out. I know. Now, we know now that it's, like, one of the most dangerous things to do. Uh, As well as, you know, they used to... I'm all for, like, you know, fresh air and sleep. It's one of the things I recommend. But, you know, they'd leave push chairs outside while they were shopping all day and yeah. it's, it's can't, everything's changed it so has, much because we know more we exactly more. and the research has changed and developing and you know there's so much more about SIDS now with the charity and sudden infant death syndrome yes, so I think yes. there's some like amazing things that come but some people are going off what they were recommended when like so my mum would say things to me now and I'd be like well no you should never have done that but that's what she knew back yeah, then. Yeah, that's all she knew. Like, yeah. uh, she left me to cry. Like, <laughs> no, well, which, yeah. <laughs> See, I wasn't a good sleeper. Yeah. And my mum, I think that bothered... Well, I think there's two things there. One, when my mum will talk, and I think a lot of that generation, I'm in my mid-40s, but when babies were born, they were taken away from... Like, you were in yeah. hospital for at least a week, I think, yeah. weren't you? And babies were taken off the mum yeah. a lot, so the mum got chance to sleep and yeah. rest. So they have no concept they of don't what you like. You'll go um, home straight away. Yeah, what do they used to have all the babies in the room? Didn't yeah, they and up? then you had yeah. proper sort of, na- you know, people yeah. that looked at nurses and then they brought them to you to yeah. feed. And then in yeah. many ways, they'd take them, maybe yeah. a bit of body time, but they'd take them away again. Yeah. They don't so do like, that now. Mums, no. now, you, you mean, I, often within hours of giving yeah. birth, you're home and yeah. you're on your own with it all. So I think that's one thing, just the fact that you are utterly, you know, you barely sleep before you give birth because yeah. you're so uncomfortable. Yeah. I had horrendous labours, so yeah. they went on for like two days, so I didn't then sleep for two days. Yeah. And then I'm immediately at home with a brand new baby that doesn't sleep. That doesn't sleep. Yeah. So like you could, the trauma of all of that is just, it's horrendous. But I think even aside of, aside of that, I think, um, yeah, just... Because differences in you probably had post-traumatic um like birth and it's just undiagnosed and i've worked with some mums through um there's a charity called tambor which is twins and multiples association which i'm a consultant for and i that my work there is all free um which as as you say as and when i can do it but i've met a few mums who had really traumatic births you know, two or three babies are going home with them and then they're expected to kind of, like, figure this out. Lots of dads go back to work pretty much straight away. Financially, they have to. Um, You know, lots of um, uh, second parents don't have the... the leave, the paternity leave. Yeah. Um, It's a couple of weeks, um, which I personally don't think is enough. And the NHS can't offer any... It's broken. It cannot offer anything else. I mean, you get the midwives... Yeah. ..come and check on you, like, the next day when you get home or something. And the health visitors come out. Um, But really, you know, they can't can't spend a lot of time there. No, and I think that's where there is a glitch in the system, unfortunately, in that... um, Families who can afford to pay for the help, you know, yeah. that's why they do, so they have the support. There is something that I would love to do further down the line where there is more out there charity-wise where a percentage of 
my business profits will go towards... Like pro bono yeah. support. Yeah. yeah. Some parents have never even changed a nappy or held a baby or done anything when I meet them, and they're terrified yeah. because this little human depends on them. Yes, yeah. Um, so I think, like you say, it's a really difficult time for parents, but it's a magical time, and I love doing what I do, but I wish there was more out there for them, Yeah. unfortunately. Well, um, and this is, I guess, this is part of your <laughs> yeah, master plan, but you'd, like you say, you just need lots more of you. Yeah. Okay, well, on that point then, let's just track back quickly then and we talk about Little Emily, school, yeah. college, what were you like, what were you into? And I guess this is one of these things that people can get a feel for how you ended up on the career yeah. path. So what were you into at school? Yeah, so I was... I wasn't hugely academic. Yeah. Um, I was always a practical learner. Um, I think my brother was the academic one out of the two of us. Okay. Um, he, yeah, so he definitely got, like, the brains. Um, <laughs> I was more, like, on the go all the time. I was super into horses, so yeah. that's how I spent my weekends. Um, I was really outdoorsy, so I grew up... Um, I was very fortunate. I grew up um, with a family who loved being outdoors. Dad was super into camping, so we're always in the caravan. Um, we were lucky enough to go away quite a lot, um, doing those kind of holidays um, on the beach a lot. Yeah. Um, so I was on the go a lot. I am the eldest. So using energy, but, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Mum was really into the outdoors. Like, we didn't watch a huge amount of television. So I think... I was quite maternal from a young age. My nan is super maternal. Maternal. She grew up helping. So is this um, your mum's mum? Yeah, yeah, special needs. Um, my mum is a very maternal person as well. She's very good with young children. Um, and I think it just came from there. Yeah. I always wanted to work with children. So I oh, always... Oh, so you knew? Yeah, from a really young age. Well, actually... I thought I was going to be a vet and then I was rubbish at science. Oh. So I was it was horses or children. Yeah. So I went and train uh, I went to study at Leeds um, to become a teacher. Okay. Um, just logically that seemed the right path to go down. Yeah. Um, I then went and did a placement in a school and very quickly realized that it wasn't for me. I really enjoyed like the one-to-one side of things and I remember coming away and going I want to work with children but it's not teaching. Yeah. What on earth do I want to do? So then I went to work in a nursery for a year and I um, worked with little ones and loved it. But obviously with nursery nursing, there comes a huge amount with Ofsted and the paperwork and the observations. Yeah. And I just, I didn't love it. I loved the children and the bond that you made. Yeah. But I just didn't love all the added extras. Yeah. So then I went to, went to New Zealand first Kind of was like, oh, I want to go to New Zealand. I would like to, let, I'll just go and au pair for a year. Yeah. I was like, oh, that, that sounds like a good idea. So I got home, jumped on a plane, went over to New Zealand, and I worked with a fa- the most amazing family oh. with two girls. The girls were really little. They were on um, a 750-acre farm in the middle of nowhere, right oh. at the bottom of the South Island. It was like, you couldn't make it up that I just made this decision at, like, I must have been 20. Yeah. And I went and moved in with this family. I'm and what qualifications did you need to do? I pairing this thing. Really? You've yeah, just got nothing. to be willing to go. Yeah. And do you just register on a website or something? Yeah. yeah. So, like, um, so went off and <laughs> I remember Dad Smithy picked me up from the airport and I was like, what have I done? 
I'm on the other side of the world yeah. with nobody. Like, no family, no friends. I'm 20 years Probably old. no phone reception. I'm really shocked. Literally nothing. Yeah. And in hindsight, looking back, like, it was just, like, the bravest decision I ever made, but the best. Like, I was so lucky. They were, you know, they're still family to this day. Um, the girls are all big now. Um, and I spent a year with them. Um and they were amazing. Like, I had the most fun. And that's kind of where it clicked, where I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to yeah. be more personal. Yeah. Um, so my mum's best friend was like, oh, have you heard of Norland? And I was oh, what's Norland? Like, mm. So Googled it and was like, this sounds amazing. So at Norland, you do your degree of early years development, but you also do something called a Norland diploma, which is like, we call it like on the job, like on the job training. Right. So it's, you, all the training that you do alongside your degree. So it puts, like, um, your practice into play kind of thing. So, yeah. you know, we learned how to do, like, terry toweling nappies. Like, we did um, all the, like, first aid training, lifeguarding. Um, I'm trying to think of the top of my so head. So a full... Like, yeah. full, like, defensive driving. Like, you oh name it, we gosh. did it. Yeah. Um, we had, like, etiquette training at one point. Like... Um, we had um, like it was it was it was so vast yeah Um, which was so interesting it was so interesting and it's it if anyone ever wants to work in childcare, it's what I would say is the route to go if you want to be a nanny and how do you apply to them then is it because obviously they've only got a certain amount of intake yeah so they take about I think it's about 100 a year off the top of my head roughly yeah um you are similar to universities you're so they're basically a private college yeah so it's kind of done through UCAS okay. um so similar to what you would apply to yeah. another university yeah. um and yeah so then I got my play you have to go in for an interview they meet you in person um they talk through you know kind of everything what you've done your experience I was gonna say at least by this point you're rocking up there yeah I've done, done what you've done yeah. for a year you've done the nursery yeah so it was great and I was really passionate about what I wanted to do and I think at that point I knew and I think 18 year old me that just went from school to uni uni, because it was kind of the done thing and you just following everyone else whereas actually I should have taken a step back taken a breath done a year out yeah I think once I got to what I wanted to do it everything fell into place quite naturally yeah so I studied I trained so the so the training is four years in total I was going to say so the whole thing is four years so you do three years in Bath at Norland, yeah, and then you go oh, and do something. I know, well. spoil with that one, and then you go and do a year, um, like newly. It's called a new, it's called an NQM, which is a newly qualified nannying year. So you're right. still training, um, but you work for a family. So I had the most wonderful family in um, London, and once I qualified, I was then a fully fledged Norlander. Yeah, um, but I stayed on with them and did all my training, and then after that I realised that I wanted to work with more families and yes, I okay. also wanted to be my own boss because you I guess you like to say you're not you've not gone straight into 18 now you've almost done a few things you've yeah. now added this on yeah and you're putting it all together now aren't yeah you? you're putting all of it together think like what do I what do I want yeah. my career to be and I think that's really key is that I have all this I have all this experience from from like 18 of knowing that like you know, I've worked in nurseries, so when I talk to parents about the transition with nursery, I have that nursery nurse yeah. side. So I'm like, right, these are the questions you need to ask. This is what Ofsted wants, so you need to make sure you check in these policies. So I think 
I've learned a lot in the different avenues I've gone down. Yeah. Obviously, nothing's perfect when you're trying to find out what you want to do. And I think for some people, it's really hard. And it was for me, like, finding out. I knew which little sector I wanted to be in, but I couldn't pinpoint what it was. Yeah. Um, and now I do what I do, and it just... I couldn't imagine doing anything else. Yeah. I know you have a little life in your head. I know you have a lot of strength left. I know you have a little life in your head. Um, I, I think it's just one of those where... You, you fall in love with families and I've got families on my books that I've worked with since their children are newborns and I still have phone calls about them being, I don't know, the new transition to secondary school and how best can we do this and, wow. you know, those kind of things. So that's why, you know, lots of people will be like, oh, but you only work for them for two or three months and then you're off. And I'm like, mm, it's not really how it works. No. It kind of is a continuous... You're there then to be their kind of... It's like their own. No, it's like their own personal consultant, yeah. like for their child. Sorry, I cut you up. There. No, no, no. So not you've too. obviously you've been working for this family in London, realizing that you wanted to be able to do that for more families. So where did that then take you? So I kind of, I, I took on a maternity nurse role with a family, and I actually moved back in with my parents. I was very lucky that I kind of I came out of London. I was. I was living in London and I think I was like, right, I'm about to start a business. Yeah. Financially, do I want to be paying rent in London? No. Nope. Thank you. So I was very lucky. I've got very supportive parents um, who were like, come home. Yeah. Just come home, figure it out. Well, you've got a plan. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's not like you're coming here and going, I'm jobless, I'm this. I know. Do you know what I mean? Which I'm sure <laughs> they'd still support you in anyway. Well, but... <laughs> I think, so I think I, I came home and I was I think I was at home about a year, maybe just over a year, and I saved and I did a lot of that and that's when I bought this place. Um, but I and I established the business and kind of got it where I wanted to be. Um, so it was like making enough money that I would can support myself yeah. outside of being at home. Um so that's yeah, so after London, So that initial business then was you setting up what you've described at the start. So mm-hmm. you offering this multi yeah, the consultancy. Yeah, consult- but at the moment, that's just you then. To start yes. with, it was just you. Yeah, yeah, so it was just me. At what point then did you think, I need to get more mi- more of me? So I basically um, felt like... So I started to not, not turn away clients, but I was struggling to oh, yeah. fit yeah. people in and around... Um, and also, in my first year, when I started the business, I very much burnt myself out. Yeah, I just, like, of worked 24-7. Tried to do it all. Like, tried to do it all, whilst having a social life, whilst having a partner at the time. Yeah. And it just didn't work. And I just... My mood was low. I was exhausted. I um, guess this is still kind of covid as well, isn't it? So, yeah. like... Hundred because weird ass time all all in itself, and I think during COVID we did more because we didn't do anything else. So I think for me that was a big change, and then I just had to take a step back and was like, right. So a couple of the girls that work for me um, are kind of different areas as well. And did you know them already? Yeah. So I only will take on people that I've either worked with or know. Yeah. As in that industry, Um, I just think because when you're when you're referring somebody on, 
Uh, oh my gosh! I mean, yeah. again, reputation. It's so you. If you send a dud in, I know exactly. It, it could ruin so you. What, so it? one of the girls who works alongside me is Georgie because she's pre and postnatal personal trainer. Okay. Um, so she doesn't think I have. If I have any mums that want kind of support before or after, you know, with how to train, what to do, what or even like your do. own personal health. Yeah. That's again another thing, isn't it? I mean, it's that's a whole topic in itself. Yeah. So Georgie's great. So she's she, her training is pre and postnatal personal trainer. So she will help any mums that have any questions. Um, and then one of the other girls on my books, um, she's also worked in a lot of high profile, high net worth households. Um, she's also a nutritionist. So she does oh a lot my around gosh, food. Brilliant. Yeah. So she's she does a lot more around. Um, she's also great with behaviour. Um, but she which is, is really more linked food, to food, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. So she's more linked. Food-based stuff, she does. Um, and she's great with the clients. Um, they love her. She's, again, like I said, worked in a lot of fully staffed households. Yeah. Um, so we just work in conjunction really well together. Um, she has... Um, and she's based in London, so sometimes if I can't get into London, like, Brilliant. it just works yeah. really well. Yeah. Um, I think I'd like to take on a few more people maybe next year, but um, we'll just see how the year goes. So I think it's really important that you know it's people get the support and the help that they need and um, it's something I'm passionate about and I want to encourage more mums to reach out yeah um and hopefully you know I can help I can't help everybody but hopefully I can help some yeah Yeah. so I'm currently um studying my master's in early childhood education um so because you've got loads of free time yeah absolutely I've got hours of free time (laughs) Um, so just add one more plate, I think was just enough just to keep me going. Um, so it's basically, I'm, this at the moment is looking at schools, it's the EYFS. Okay. School-based learning. Um, I have done things a lot on play, policies and procedures. I really like to be up to date in the school system as well. Okay. I don't, I don't have, um... So I don't do school work, if that makes sense, as in, like, if somebody came to me and asked me about a school, that's I'm not an education consultant. Yes, okay. I have a company that I work in coincide with. Okay, that you can recommend. Um, that I recommend. It. So their business is ESB, and they do um, consulting. So they are a married couple. She Her background is, again, a Norlander, um, and it's like a family and education consultancy. So we overlap ever so slightly with some of the work that we do. Um, but uh, Ed is um, an education consultant, so he has worked in the private school system. Right. Um, and he is quite accomplished and knows a lot. So I often recommend a lot of my families towards them. Okay. So that's not something I cover just because I haven't, but I like to understand the education system. Yeah. So is why I've taken on my master's, is it kind of covers, like, the education um, and policies and procedures, as well as like the play and development in the early years, yeah, and it all tying in together. Look, well, um, with everything else, you'll yeah, be able 100%. to. Like, so, so, what you're describing, and correct me if I'm wrong, yeah, is offering absolutely bespoke service to every single client, yeah, and that means it isn't a one size fits all. I mean, obviously, the lovely NHS loves that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And we're all quite programmed to kind of yeah. fit into boxes. Yeah. And there it is such There's a thing. No, boxes, no. Like that. So you're very much about acquiring all of this personal yeah. knowledge yourself. Yeah. And getting 
specialists on board yeah, 100% that can offer an absolutely whatever the need is yeah. for the and also I happily hold my hands up if somebody comes to me for something like what Ed and Bina, um, Zabina offer which is the education consultancy and I it's not it's also not something I'm 100% comfortable with okay so that's kind of where we are if we missed anything I feel like we've probably there's probably no, loads I think it's just I think that's brought us up to where we are I think for anyone that wants to start a business I think probably similar to your views is you kind of have to jump in two feet first and you just have to take that leap of faith and I think just some logical thinking about you know if your finances and like just make sure when you're jumping in two feet first like <laughs> you're not going to be living in a box yeah <laughs> and so I think for well, my so thing, it's going to be sustainable isn't it yeah and my thing was you know I moved back in with my parents and set up my business I was very fortunate to be able to do that not everyone is in that same position um I have other women that have started businesses you know and maybe it's their side hustle for a little yeah. while yeah um and then they take it on full time um, but definitely, if you're thinking of doing it, definitely do it because it'll always be in the back of your mind. Yeah. And I think the worst you can thing figure out a way. And the worst thing that's going to happen is it stays a side hustle, or the best thing that's going to happen is it's going to absolutely take off and it's going to be your full time job. Yeah. Whole new year. Yeah. Exactly. Well, on that note, then. So, what is next for you then? What does the next? 12 24 months look like so um we've just rebranded the business um and obviously i'd said taken on some lovely new women um so the next six to 12 months we are looking at there is some possible media work um that's might be coming in which is very exciting um i would like to offer some antenatal classes yeah um so like some pre and postnatal classes in kind of like the Stamford area for new mums pregnant mums um that's kind of what I would like to do the next step is kind of get some what you'd say is courses but like groups together where women yeah. can come and they can learn with their partners in terms of focusing on I guess skill sets and things like that because that's always one that I um I think it ends up coming I used to ask this religiously at the start mm. but now I think it's quite obvious but I think from my interpretation of of what makes you good at what you do, really. Yeah. So if someone's considering, yeah, you know, and I think obviously you've got to have an interest in children. That goes yeah. without saying. <laughs> um, you've got to be able to multitask, yeah, and really comfortable and almost enjoying multitasking, yeah. Because like you say, I bet no, I love being busy. Yeah, I really be, thrive I was gonna off. Say, yeah, I thrive off a little bit of like stress as well. Okay. I think. I think stress. I, I mean, like. I am super organised. Oh, that's just like so you just yeah. like busy environments. Yeah, so when you're thriving in stress, where you're like, okay, I've got to get all of this done. Yeah. Um, my I got my organisational quality from my mother. I love to be organised. I yeah. don't think I could do what I do if I didn't. Yeah. Um, I'm a traditional. I love a paper diary, so everything goes in that. I can't do tech like a technology calendar yet and what about things that you're not so good at then do you think that what what about you makes this challenging <laughs> saying no i was gonna say <laughs> was like, and also yeah. knowing when to stop surely yeah. knowing when to i'm getting better at it i kind of carve out time and i try really hard to like have that time so i've just last week um had a client cancel and instead of replacing it i was like oh actually do you know what i'll just kind of have i call them admin weeks yeah so I just take a step back. I'm at home. I'll go to the gym. I'll go out for a walk. You're as well as, you. Yeah, but as well as like, because I think for me, unless I'm going away, away, like when I'm on holiday or abroad, I struggle to like 
not at least do like a few bits and bobs because yeah. I think otherwise sometimes it gets on top of you so like today I've been sat writing an essay replying to some clients yeah and but it's been very minimal like low level stress stuff yeah um to recoup. which is great yeah talking to a couple of clients that want stuff towards the end of the year that kind of thing um but I think I, I can't just my own nature is I can't completely stop yeah I think it's just my it's just me and that's yeah. always going to be me but I have learned when to like take a step back and be like right tap out yeah. you just got to tap out for a bit yeah yeah um and that's often where i'll hand things over to jess i'll be like if anyone gets in contact like i'm just away at the moment yeah yeah and i'll get back to you but equally when you run your own business it's so hard doing that because equally when you're you're self-employed that means choosing to not earn some money doesn't it which you know can be so scary at the start exactly and i think that's and and it's difficult it's easy to prioritize money over your mental health and wellness oh my god like even now i sat doing finances today and you know you're just like oh god like just gotta make sure that comes in then and yeah and if i've got to chase that and it's just part of the process but then you can say no to stuff and you you know as much as i don't know you know where i'm going to be at the end of december with with work it's also quite nice yeah like that you can well you've got the confidence now i think to know that you will be somewhere oh god yeah do you know what i mean i think that's the thing when you first start out you don't probably have that confidence do you i can always go back into full-time nannying yeah okay it's not what i want to do no but it's there yeah so you've got a backup for me that's like it's always there like it's always my backup 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 plan if needs be for a little bit so yeah Fabaruna. Right, my two final questions then. Yeah. And then I can let you get back to your essay writing. <laughs> um, what life advice would you give your younger self? So, could be any version of your younger self, yeah. but maybe that younger self that just didn't quite know what she wanted to do. I think I really struggled. I mean, I was, I was very fortunate um, I went to private school. However, by going to private school... Meant the expectations are the quite expectations high. Yeah. very high that you go off to university and you know academic wise I wasn't there I was very middle range you know it probably uh, and I think for me it would be just being like you don't have to be A's you yeah. don't have to be A star smart to do well in life and accomplish something I think I was very lucky that my parents were super grounded um you know, I worked from the age of 14. Mm-hmm. Um, I always had a job. Yeah. Like, I never didn't, wasn't, like, working in a bar, at a restaurant, doing something. So I learned the value of money from quite a young age. My dad was very hot on that, I think, because we were very lucky that we were able to have a fortunate yeah. education, that he didn't want us to not understand that everything isn't just handed yeah. to you. Um, so that, that was that would probably be myself and to not to not worry about what people think so much I think and like body image was a major thing when I was at school it still is and it's still is. and it's coming and I think with social media it's turning a little bit in the oh but slowly but it's not turning quick enough but I think it's so hard to say I'd just give her a hug and be like do you know what it turns out all right in the end yeah okay my final question then yeah is life advice that you would like to just throw out there. So not to your youngest necessarily, but you as you now, this could be a mantra that you follow or something that you just would like to 
share with the world. If if Emily had a T-shirt, yeah, what would it say? It's okay to do it on your own. You know, women take on a huge amount on mm. their shoulders. Um, and I think it's just to be able to be like, you know, I still get now, like, oh, how's the dating life? Have you met anyone yet? And I'm like, no, I'll tell you when I have. Yeah. Like, and, you know, grandparents are great at that. <laughs> Someone's got to come into your life and hopefully a you're really... a lot wiser than, than, my, than I say, my generation, yeah. but then say I was and other people were. Because I think, you know... Like you say, being aware and being confident enough to be okay on your yeah. own, which is what you're saying, isn't it? Yeah. Whereas just otherwise just rushing into a relationship that's just not right if you are not healthy for you. Um, I'm very fortunate. I'm surrounded by great family, great friends. Um, but I think loneliness was a massive thing mm. for me, um, especially being here in my house by myself um, was something I had to learn. But I think with the business as well, because when you're working for somebody or you're in an office environment or you're in an environment yeah. where I'm working as a nanny, you are an employee and you are speaking to people. Yeah. You know, sometimes I'm here all You've day got by myself intro, yeah. and I've, ne- I've not spoken to anyone all day because I've been busy doing whatever. Yeah. Um, so being happy in your own company, I think, is really important yeah. as well. Really, really key. On that note. There we go. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thank you so much for coming out and seeing me. If you would like to hear more about this chat, see some pics, and read about how to get started in this industry and/or this role, then please go to our website www.thiswoman'swork.org. The link is on this podcast page and across our socials. Sincerely.